This is Governor Larry Hogan, and you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, your go-to source for news and insight on Maryland policy and politics. Hello and welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. We are live from the MAKO Summer Conference, MAKOCon, and we have a very special guest today, Michael. Congressman Dutch Ruppersberger is on the program. Excited to have him here. Congressman Ruppersberger has represented Maryland's 2nd Congressional District since 2003. That district includes parts of five jurisdictions, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Anne Arundel, Harford, and Howard Counties. Representative Ruppersberger serves on the House Appropriations Committee as well as the Subcommittee on Defense and the Subcommittee on State, Foreign Operations, and Related Programs. He's a former ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee. MAKO president in 1996, while in office as Baltimore County Executive, has served in public office for more than 30 years. He was elected to the Baltimore County Council in 1985 and again in 1989, chosen twice as council chairman. He was elected Baltimore County Executive in 1994 and in 1998. And under his leadership, the county was named one of the nation's four best managed counties by Governing Magazine. Congressman Ruppersberger, welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Good to be here in Asia City and at Mako. Good. <laughs> you've, you've been to a lot of Mako conferences, I as I recall. Been to you've a been lot. regular. Yeah. I, I think I missed one when I was in Iraq, right. believe it or not. <laughs> and and uh, I, that, I was called to duty for that. So. Sort of an understandable <laughs> excuse. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, I think we'll, we'll let that one slide. On that. Right. But I love Ocean City. I was a lifeguard for five summers on the Beast Patrol. I was a cop while I was going to law school. So I kind of look at it maybe my second home. It's Maryland through and through. That's All the way. Crabs, <laughs> oysters. Lacrosse. I'm from Eastern Shore, lacrosse at Maryland. So, so Congressman Ruppersberger, you obviously have a lot of experience in local government. When you're in Washington, do you feel like that gives you an advantage or a different perspective, understanding the needs of local governments here in Maryland and across the country? When you're looking at legislation, does that give you a different perspective? Without any doubt. If, if we could have more members of Congress who served in local government, we would be a lot more functional, a lot less partisan, and I think the government would run a lot better. Uh, you know, when you, you're in local government, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, when... When the election's over, you have to work together, and whether you're Republican or Democrat. And that's important because you've got to produce you know, potholes, schools, public safety, you know, all, all of the issues that people deal with in their everyday lives. And that, in the end, I think, when people vote, a lot of times it's based on how it's going to affect their families their, and their communities. And county government here in Maryland, I mean, the structure of local government in different states is different. But county government, you as a, as a prosecutor and then as, as, a, as, as a county official, I mean, that's it's the whole range of services. You didn't have people who are counting mm-hmm. on townships and municipalities yeah. and you know, school districts with their own taxes and other mm-hmm. things like in other states. But I mean, the county government really was the engine for all those services you mentioned. The public safety and education people are really yeah, connected, and, and to. it still is. Uh, right. You, you know, in local gov- in local government, uh, you also have to balance your budget. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to do that in Washington, <laughs> and you know, it allows you to to pick your priorities. You know, budgeting is about priorities. The problem we have in Washington uh, with with our budget, as an example, uh, you know, you, you you can't do everything, but you have to pick your priorities. That sequestration that we've been dealing with mm-hmm. is killing our country. 
cutting everything across the board. That is that is a cheap way to do business. It just doesn't work. Everything gets cut, and it's not picking your priorities. Thank goodness for the last couple of years we've been uh, we've been able not to use sequestration, but it's still out there. Right. So every year we have to deal with it. But again, local government working with state government and the federal government that's what makes it work. Right. So let's talk about another issue. Speaking of Washington, municipal bonds. You have been a champion uh, for municipal bonds over the years. Municipal bonds are very important for local governments. Can you talk about municipal bonds and the recent tax package that passed? You were able to save municipal bonds. Is that right? Yeah. Um, an- another member of Congress, Randy Holton, who's Republican, and uh, we both were from local government, and we talked about and it started with Obama that he wanted to cut the, the percentages uh, down for municipal bonds. And we said, no way. Um, you know, we have to maintain what we have. Municipal bonds, which allows us to build most of our capital projects, right, you know, right. libraries, schools, roads, I mean, all those different issues. And if we don't have them, we're in trouble. And so Randy and I started a couple of years ago, Randy Holton, the congressman from Illinois, mm-hmm. and, and we just got a lot of members on both sides of the aisle. We started with the most the members that we knew were in local government and said, look, we, we can't we can't do this. It's going to hurt local government. We're here to represent our constituents, and it's going to affect them big time. So in the end, um, we got enough signatures. Uh, that didn't mean that we, it wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen, and we just lobbied. We went to uh, Ch- Chairman Brady, who was really writing the bill and, right. on the House side, and uh, we were able not only uh, – this tax bill has hurt, in my opinion, our government – uh, it's hurt middle class still. Middle class is not going to benefit like they thought. It benefits the top 1%, and it benefits business. I don't mind business benefiting, but we could have taken, say, 6% of the amount that went to business and still give business a lot of cuts, hmm. and we didn't do it. And now middle class is the key to getting our country back to where we need it. Um, we're doing okay right now because of uh, some of the, really some of the things that, that, that Obama did. You know, when Obama left office, Trump had to take over. Just like when Trump leaves, the next person mm-hmm. will have to take over there, too. That's the way it happens. But mm-hmm. anyhow, getting back to the municipal bonds, yep. uh, we were able to get it. To leave, they left it alone. We're fine. And now the uh, congressman from Illinois and I are trying to let make local government allow them to uh, refi. Refinance, right. And that's mm-hmm. really important because when the interest rates are down, you know, you want to refi. And right now we can't. If you have a high interest rate, a local government can't refi. So Randy and I are work, working on that next year. But it, it seems to me that that's, that's a classic case of drawing from your local government experience. Uh, no I mean, the idea no of, question. I mean, it's a, it's a, but it's a, it's a pay, it was a pay for, right? The, I mean, in the midst of trying mm-hmm. to build Congressman yeah. Brady and, and the others who were trying to build a big tax reform package, mm-hmm. they wanted to keep it within you know the final score has to be under a certain number for to keep some people's votes on board. So you needed a variety of pay-fors. And something that sounds kind of harmless, like we'll change the tax treatment of municipal bonds. That sounds like it's in a little corner somewhere and it doesn't relate to people's lives. But people like you and your colleagues who, who, made, who led this effort were saying, no, no, you're talking about taxing bridges and hospitals right. and schools. And who thinks that's a good idea? And if those of us weren't in local government, we really would say, well, we've heard of municipal bonds, but we don't know really what they do. Yeah. Well, I used it as right. a county executive. Right. Right. And, and a, a lot of other people did too. So, you know, we, we quoted uh, a lot when we were talking to Brady and other people. We quote Tip O'Neill, you know, everything is local. And these are your constituents. So let's get to the basics. And it worked. 
Right. And, and making that connection to infrastructure, which is, I think, a better word to bridge, you know, to, to bridge the partisan divides. Cause, oh, no question. Yeah. You know, I, I thought Trump and look, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, he was our president. Mm-hmm. And we did everything or I tried to work with him, you know, especially as an appropriator. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that I told his team that you, you need to start off with infrastructure. It, it created jobs. It was bipartisan. And it could have taken us to the next level, especially we were predicting the economy was going to do pretty well for a while in, in this right. phase we're in right. now. So let's take advantage of that. Right. And, uh, you know, well, we know what the history is. Right. And uh, he didn't take that advice. Well, maybe maybe next week will be infrastructure week. We'll get, yeah. we'll get to it. We'll get there. But, there was uh, you know, every day it changes. So what the heck? I mean, you were able to form a, a bipartisan caucus to protect these municipal yeah. bonds. And I think that is, as Michael mentioned, just your, a function of your experience in local government. This is not a partisan mm. issue everyone understands and you were able to form that caucus to protect that so it's it's a it's a huge deal for folks that it's weren't way, aware it's the way you get things done uh when i was the ranking member of the intelligence committee and the chairman was mike rogers who was a former fbi agent right. and i was a former prosecutor mm. and cop in ocean city maryland for two summers <laughs> um, and lifeguard and, uh, well yeah but that, that's not public. <laughs> that is public safety different kind of security right it, maybe to an extent but mike and i uh, our, that committee intelligence, and I was on it before, was really partisan, and it was bad. And and that committee oversees all the intelligence agencies, CIA, NSA, mm-hmm. you know, FBI, all these different intelligence agencies. And it was really affecting the, the intelligence community with all the threats that we have out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I said to Mike, look, Mike, um, you know, you were an FBI agent. I'm a prosecutor. All good FBI agents must listen to their prosecutor. <laughs> but we worked it out, and we, we, we ended up, I'm bragging a little bit, we won... The top award in intelligence um, because of our bipartisanship. It was, we were recommended by the Director of National Intelligence and all right. those groups. But it was all about partisanship. And in the end, and I think that's getting back to your roots in local government, in the end, when the election's over, the people want you to produce. I've been in the minority for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't used to that coming from Maryland. So if you're in the minority, you need to develop relationships. A lot of politics should be about relationships and trust. You know, you can have different points of view, and that's another thing. When you have different points of view, understand that that person has that different point of view. That doesn't mean they're the enemy, but that's right. what's happening over in Washington right now. And you don't see that. And MAKO does a lot to pull together. When you yeah. come to these summer conferences, you know, you, you're all coming. And it's whether you're an elected official, whether you work for the government, and, and you talk. You, you, you can talk about things. You, uh, Baltimore mm-hmm. County might be able to, to help mm-hmm. Kent County. Right. And Kent County mm-hmm. might be able to help Baltimore County. Sure. And these relationships really make a difference and that's that's why i think mako and you know i moved through the chairs and i was president of mako and i was very proud of that because of the the fact that it, people came together to do what was right for their counties and their constituents absolutely Perfect. you mentioned intelligence let's talk a little bit about election security that's been a hot topic over the past few months we have an election coming up what's going on in washington to address this issue we handle elections on the local level here in maryland what can dc do to help locals prepare for these next elections and keep our elections secure and make sure that folks understand that their vote will be secure and they can trust the process well the first thing this is one of my areas of um Priority and, and, and my expertise in what I represent NSA. NSA is uh, one of the largest employers in the state of Maryland, and they probably do more to help us to protect us from these threats, the Russia-China threats, ISIS, all these threats. NSA can tell our military when when what's on the other side of the hill. So you know it's it's really important that we have a strong intelligence. Intelligence is the best defense against terrorism and a lot of these other issues. Now, you know, we were, we, there's no question about it. Russia interfered with our 2016 elections. 
It was verified. It's been proven. That's, that's fact. Um, and they're very aggressive. As far as cyber is concerned, probably Russia and the United States are the two most sophisticated. Mm-hmm. China's the most aggressive. And they're sophisticated. Right. And they're stealing about $500 billion a year from our companies. Mm. You know? But they don't want to They don't want to hurt us because, you know, they need us to, right. to survive and, right. and with right. their goods. So, anyhow, getting back to, to what happened, um, you know, Russia is extremely aggressive. Putin is a KGB, and, and you know, he, his whole goal is to do anything he can to bring the Soviet Union back. And he, want, he does not like the United States, and he does not like Europe. He wants to get back the old Soviet Union. So extremely aggressive, and we've been able to prove that. Now, um, Russia is all over our systems. There, there are things, a lot of this is classified I can't talk about. Sure. And, um, and a lot of times we know they're there, and we don't let them know because we want to watch them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so cyber is very serious. I was, I was give you a story. I was a member of the Gang of Eight. Gang of Eight gets the most sensitive intelligence more than anyone, any of the other members. And that's the, the president uh, of the Senate, the, the Vice President of the Senate, or the ranking member of the Senate, the Speaker of the House, the ranking member, and then the Chairman and ranking member of the House Intel and the Senate Intel. Okay. And we would get things so sensitive that <laughs> nobody else could know about it. And, you know, people would say, well, Dutch, we keep you up at night. And I said, well, there are a couple of things that keeps me up. First thing, spicy Mexican food. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that keeps you up. But other than that, I think the most serious threat to our country and the world is nuclear weapons. Hmm. If China, Russia, the United States get into a nuclear world, we're the right. Earth is over as we know it. Right. We have the ability to stop uh, North Korea, uh, Iran, and, but not those three. There's just too much fire, firepower yeah. there. Um, and then you have the you know, all the threats we talked about. You have the ISIS threats. You have those type of things. But cybersecurity is is just as serious. Cy- it's, it's such a sophisticated world now. You know, when my iPhone is broken, it goes to the youngest person in my office. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I know the concepts. But I mean, it's just. It's just all over the world, and we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, we the first destructive attack that we had in the United States was Sony, and that was right, when right. it shut them down. Right. Uh, if you've heard of Aramco, which is the largest oil company yep. in the world, that's Saudi Arabia. They were cyber-attacked, and, uh, and it was Iran that did it. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they were cyber-attacked, it wasn't just a cyber-attack to get information. That's what most of it's for. This is to shut them down. And they shut them about maybe 2,000 of their computers with an American flag coming out. Wow. Uh, so, you know, we, we have to deal with this threat, and we, we've got a long way to go. We need, we need, uh, we need standards. We need world standards mm-hmm. because we just can't do it in the United States. I mean, I'm, I, on my phone right now, I get hacks all the time, and, and it's intercepted by Chinese figures and numbers. But, you know, right. they, I'm sure they have been on my phone or, or my right. email mm-hmm. you know, right. from the time I was in intelligence. Right. You know, and I started the intelligence committee in 2003. Right. And so you, we were aware. When we were hacked during the election, it didn't bother me because I assume every time I'm on my phone or that there's somebody <laughs> there that's going to listen. So getting back to the United States and where we are now, um, unfortunately the president has not made it the priority that he should. We're trying to get him to do that. Um, uh, the, the former head of the NSA who just retired, He's been out maybe for four or five months now, Admiral Rogers. Mm-hmm. And he testified before the uh, Senate committee uh, that the Trump administration, that this, he's bipartisan, uh, but he was director of NSA, that they, uh, they have not granted him any new authorities to target Russian cyber operations. I heard just this week that the president's going to start to ramp that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, that is a focal point we have to be on. We know the Russians were there. We know they're there again. 
And, you know, this is our democracy. And unfortunately, a lot of his followers just, just don't, don't even, it seems, don't care about the issue of Russia. I mean, you know, we're a patriotic country. Our men and women go throughout the world. They fight for our freedom and our liberties. And, you know, we have to be very much aware of, of Russia and, and our election. Don't interfere with our election. So hopefully we'll be able to gear up and do what we need to do to stop it. And, and part of that, from the U.S. perspective, is having the, the workers who can be in these fields. I mean, we know, we, we know that Maryland is becoming, you know, sort of the East Coast hub of cybersecurity. It is. It is the yeah. hub of cybersecurity, yeah. mm-hmm. in, 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 if not the United States, in the world. Right. So, and that's NSA in Maryland. Right. And all of the contractors, small and large, research and development. On, right. We have to keep staying ahead. From a technology point of view, when it de- we deal with cyber, All right? So it's both both security and economy are are affected here in Maryland. And I want to address mm-hmm. one issue uh, that's been out there that Russians have been involved with our com- companies that are doing our work in Maryland. We're on that. We're investigating it. We right. haven't seen that, that any indication at this point, but it's under investigation now to see whether the company that bought one of those companies right. has right. anything to, mm-hmm. to do. You've always got to be aware when you're dealing with Russia. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So on, on a lighter note, uh, you've been coming to these conferences for a long time, uh, both as a congressman and as an official of local government. What do you ask your your local government comrades to, to take away from these conferences? You talked a lot about relationship building and ex- the exchange of ideas, and I think that's integral to these conferences. But what would you ask them to take away and take back home to their counties and, and, and to spread the word about what they, they've gotten from this conference? Well, look, just make it very basic. What does local government do? And I said it before. You know, we deal with everyday issues. We deal with the roads. We deal, we deal with education. We deal with public safety. Um, you know, the, when, when there's someone, there's a storm. It's usually local government that's the front line. You know, the first responders. And so that's... That's what local government does. But we need to be a part of a team, and that team has to be the state government. Mm-hmm. And a lot of delegates and senators, the governors come here and, and talk about the issues that are important and how the state and the locals can work together. And then it goes to the federal level. Sometimes in Washington, people, it's more about idealistic issues than it yeah. is about end game. You know, I'm a very bipartisan person. And I have a lot of relationships on both sides of the aisle. And you better have that if you're – if you're, especially if you're an appropriator and you want to bring back issues. I was able to work to get the, the uh, Trump cut everything in the Chesapeake Bay. Look how much we've done with the Chesapeake Bay. Look how much it generates for not only Maryland, but, but our region, Virginia, other, other areas. And uh, as, because I was an appropriator, and by, when we had Barbara Mikulski, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she was chairman and or ranking member. And, we, and thank goodness we have Chris Van Hollen now uh, because he, he's on the appropriations committee. So that, that, that allows me to do my thing, or he can do his thing, but we've got to yeah. get it passed on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andy Harris is, is, uh, is Republican. I've had some issues with him. He's had some issues with me. But we do work together to try to, to get yeah. what we, we can do for the state of Maryland. So, so you mentioned you're the, as an appropriator, you're able to 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 help the bay and and to look out for the state of Maryland. As an appropriator, how do you feel you're, you're able to benefit our residents, your constituents, on that on that committee? You have a lot of power there, obviously, but as an appropriator, do you feel like you have a direct connection and you can bring some of that back home to Maryland? Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you want to have an appropriator in Washington, right? Uh, you want to have the relationships. I, one of my closest relationship was the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. His name was Rodney Freelandhausen, mm-hmm. and he was a moderate Republican uh, from New Jersey. 
uh, just a year ago, we went to Iraq and Mosul. Uh, we went to um, uh, you know, other countries. Right. We went to Turkey, mm-hmm. and, and we went to Beirut, Lebanon. It was strictly classified things, but mm-hmm. we had to go there, find out what they needed, those type of things. So that was a relationship. Yeah. And he's retiring, unfortunately. But, mm-hmm. you know, he helped me do things. And, and you know, when, when you're in the minority, you need those relationships. But you, you've got to make sense. And if you can gain expertise, because I was ranking on Intel, mm-hmm. and I was termed off of that after 12 years and, right. and went on appropriations, I have an expertise. And both sides come to me because the appropriators who are on defense especially, they're not real partisan. There are a couple both sides. Right. But basically, you know, there's too much at stake. You know, we do all the, the Army, the military, the, you know, the, the uh, I'm co-chair of what they call the Army Caucus, and we work very closely with the head of the Army. I'm also, by the way, on the Naval Academy board, so when I go to Army-Navy game, i got to go. Careful. i got to watch getting shot right. on that's that's right. Right. That's right. But, <laughs> <laughs> those are things that you have to do as an appropriator. But, but if you're not an appropriator, that doesn't mean right, I have right. a lot of people come to me through other committees. Right. I mean, we've got a great delegation mm-hmm. in Maryland, mm-hmm. and right. uh, there are eight of us, but they're yeah. all in the right places, and we work very closely together. Steny Hoyer's leadership mm-hmm. is, is tremendous. And I always use the fact when I'm <laughs> trying to get Nancy Pelosi to do something, remember, you're from Baltimore, and <laughs> right. your brother was mayor <laughs> of the right. city, right. and your brother helped me when I was county executive, <laughs> giving me advice. And leverage there. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of the appropriations process, do you, do you think there's any way out of having the continuing resolution becoming the order of the day? I mean, how long has it been since there's been a terrible process vanilla federal budget it's been years yeah you look at results luckily the last two years because we were getting so bad this sequestration but you have a small group of people over there who who for whatever reason the republican leadership allowed them to really do sequestration cut things and it made us weaker as a military we're way we're china Mm. has a lot Mm. of money now they're putting so much money into areas and space and, and you know, everything that we do. Cyber, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, oh, sure. everywhere. Yep. And, and, well, Russia, too. Russia, yeah, yeah. see, Putin puts his money in three areas. <laughs> he puts it in his own pocket. I mean, he's a billionaire. And he's never <laughs> only worked for government. But more importantly, um, no, he puts his money into space, into cyber, and the military. Mm-hmm. And that's where he puts his money. And a lot of, even the oligarchs there aren't real happy with that. Because Russia's economy probably is no bigger than maybe five of our states right now. Right. So, you know, he's he's doing his priority, and he's really smart. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, he's taking advantage right now of this president, our president. <laughs> Congressman Ruppersberger, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and obviously being a, a champion for local governments, attending these conferences. We, we certainly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great to uh, be able to communicate. That's the key. And, right. again, what MAKO starts with, and if it, it works everywhere. It's relationships and trust. And you don't have, because someone disagrees with you, or somebody's far left or far right or whatever it is, that doesn't mean they're the enemy. Work it out. Yeah. That's what we're elected to do. Okay? All right. Well, that's MAKO. Thanks so much. Okay, Thank you. Good.